Hey everybody, welcome back to Stuff You Don't Need to Know. This is Jay, and this week we're going to be taking a look back at the past season of Riverdale Season 3. So of course, if I'm going to talk Riverdale or any CW show, Diana's going to join me. Diana, how are you doing? I'm good. Good as always. Alrighty, Season 3. I mean, this season started off with a bang pretty much, and it just got crazier and crazier as the weeks went by overall what was your impression of season three of riverdale i really liked it because it was just like watching it up until the very end i was like there is no way they're resolving this crisis in this season it's too massive but then they did resolve it and i was like oh okay Mm. absolutely yeah i mean they did resolve it yeah no and you're right i mean you know it it looked like this was gonna definitely i mean even as the last few episodes were coming out, I was like, well, this has to definitely spill over into the into the fourth season. Well, stuff with Betty's dad is spilling over into the fourth season because they didn't catch him, right? Oh. They they did more than catch Oh, that's him. right. How could I forget? Oh, damn. Sorry about that. I had a brain fart. Oh, well, maybe you were thinking back to season two. That whole thing with Betty's dad. But yeah, I mean, this is this is this is the season of There are only three seasons in, and they're looking back at the past two seasons because the Black Hood comes back. Uh, Jason Blossom comes back. Jason Blossom comes back. Like, everybody comes back. Um... Though, however, though, sad note, this is the season, uh, you know, I'm sure you've heard uh, Luke Perry suffered a massive stroke and a few days later passed away. Uh, I mean, clearly he had filmed some episodes, you know, say for the last couple of episodes. Uh, How do you think they handled the whole thing with Fred Andrews? Well, it was hard because they couldn't exactly like address it as it was going. They just need to finish it up. So then like it was it kind of sucked that like, you know, in the end, like. Fred Andrews didn't get to have any involvement. It was just Molly Ringwald, and it was was a little sad. Well, I think they did that because the writers have already said first episode of season four is pretty much going to be dedicated to Luke Perry, Fred Andrews, uh, because the last, I think it was like the last two or three episodes, yeah, Molly Ringwald comes back. Molly, of course, plays uh, Archie's mom. Uh, Archie's parents are separated. She's a lawyer in Chicago. She comes back because... Fred's out of town, basically, yeah, is what they that's say. that's what they said. Yeah, they basically kind of wrote him out of the those last couple episodes because I think the writers felt it's it's just not fair to try to throw something together and yeah yeah let's let's honor him. Um, I mean, just you know, overall, I mean, he wasn't a major major character, but what did you think of of Fred Andrews? You know, throughout this series, I always liked Luke Perry. He was always a really good Fred Andrews. He was just like you know, he was a good dad. I mean, he really was a good dad. I mean, so much so that I think after I think after the season wrapped up, um, KJ Appa, of course, who plays Archie, uh, kind of sent out a tweet or, or something, basically just letting everybody know what a good guy Luke Perry was. So for those that don't know, KJ Appa is actually from New Zealand, uh, and the show films in like every Canada, yeah, like every CW show they they, they film in uh, Vancouver. So Luke Perry. Every week would email KJ Appa's parents, give them updates on how he was doing. He was basically he was like a real life Fred Andrews to him. And, you know, he wasn't the type of guy to brag or boast about. He just did it like that was just the type of guy. He, he I think he really was like a living Fred Andrews. Yeah. Wow. But this season, I mean, you know, it starts off with uh, and I know and I know we did a first half recap, but we're just going to pretty much recap the entire 
the entire season. So they start off, you know, we have the whole Griffins and Gargoyles. No, at first Archie's on trial for murder of the first degree. I mean, yeah, Archie's on trial. Um, yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll just give a general overview. I mean, Archie was on trial, uh, as you saw at the end of the last season. Uh, he was pretty much framed for the murder of the kids up by the lodge. The, lake. the yeah. lodge lodge, as Veronica would call it. Um, you know, all orchestrated by Hiram. Um, and Hiram, I mean, that's really the whole thing that this, this entire season is. Hiram is orchestrating this massive takeover of Riverdale, and apparently, from what we see, he's he's done this in other towns. Uh, yeah, what was that other town? That ghost town that him and Jughead went to, and it's just kids high on drugs playing Griffins and Gargoyles. Pretty much, yeah. It was kind of like uh, it was almost like the next town over from Riverdale. Um, you literally, how does that work? You live. It's it's like for us, if the next town over was this deserted wasteland where all the men were indentured servants to some mafia boss leaving the kids to be high on drugs all day we would know about it but they have no idea what's going on yeah they kind of walk into this town and they're just like hey wait a minute there's like tumbleweeds and there's like these like it uh, looks like it's been abandoned for 20 years but this just happened in less than a year yeah i mean there's kids like these like savage kids in the streets you know playing g and g and um yeah, you know, you come to find out that it's it's all Hiram Lodge. And, all right, G&G, I mean, it's pretty much dominates, among other things, it dominates this entire season. Um, I mean, it went from a simple role-playing game to actual magic at one point. Yeah, I mean, the connection with with the current cast and their parents, uh, you know, the parents, like, it sort of looks like they were the ones that kind of originated it. Then we find out it was originated like by the sisters of quiet mercy to help control the kid. I, what, I mean, what did you think of that whole angle G and G and, and of course it's obvious reference to D and D. Yeah. What'd you think of that? I just liked how it just kept getting crazier. Cause like first, no, like at first you think it's just this mysterious role playing game that showed up in the eighties. But then after that, it turns out to be some mind control device used by nuns who were excommunicated by the church but said, nah, we still want to keep torturing kids. Yeah, basically saying that, like, the horrific stuff we did to these kids, this is how they cope. They came up with this role-playing game, and we just ran with it. Yeah. Yeah, uh, of course, like, at the center of Griffins and Gargoyles is the Gargoyle King. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, that was the big question throughout the entire series is who is the gargoyle king is is he real i mean is, is this i thought for most of it like up until the very end i thought he was an actual demon i mean they really but there is still some supernatural elements because at the very end all those people get raptured and they leave kevin behind well kevin gets left behind and, and by rapture we're talking of course about the farm um i mean they leave Kevin behind. That's that's all we know. I mean, we don't know. Yeah, did they board the mothership and disappear? Did they just leave? Because or did they just, just drug Kevin and walk out the front door? Yeah, I mean, because uh, Edgar Evernever, you know, kind of, kind of the way he kind of set it up is it's like it's a it's a big revealing and knowledge will be shared and you know, but he also did kind of say it's like we gotta go. Yeah, sort like, of when, like when Alice was hesitating, he's like, nah, man, we got to make this flight. Yeah, so it's almost sort of like, you know, the, the law, Johnny Law is uh, 
closing in on us. So we got to get out of here. We got to, I, I, I mean, that's the thing is, is really when we see what, what's up at the farm and what's up with Edgar ever, never and Evelyn ever, never, that was disgusting. That was so, I mean, if you heard our first half recap, that was one of the big questions is who is Evelyn ever, never, ever, never did. Was Edgar a thing at that point or no? He was mentioned. But he, he wasn't it like it's like full Freaky Friday was not revealed yet. Absolutely. Not until really late in the show did he make an appearance. He, he did it at the musical episode. At, during the musical episode. He gave episode. the standing ovation. Yep. And she said, I knew my dad would come. But that was the uh, thing. That's just disgusting. I mean, we had so many theories. You know, we thought that. She was an actual witch. I thought she was an actual witch yeah we thought she was an actual witch who like existed all throughout time it turns out who who is she really because it's she she okay so as you said i just want to make this clear she is she's she's going around saying that she's his daughter and that she's a junior in high school Mm -hmm. but it turns out they find out wait she's been a junior in high school for like 10 years and then they figure out that not only is she has she been a junior for 10 years she is married to edgar ever and ever and her cover is that she that she's his daughter but she's her his wife at the same time and it's just disgusting because like he's older but she still looks like a teenager and it's just like it's one of those things where it's like yes she's like a 20 something playing a teenager so you just go along thinking she's a teenager and you're like oh no she's really supposed to be a 20 something married to this 40 something guy and she pretends that he's his dad and that's just ugh. yeah and then i mean the whole thing with the fact that she's his wife um and he's when, ready to take on another wife yeah he's ready to marry alice i think even Polly, maybe. Oh, um, uh, yeah. Polly was going to be some weird daughter-wife action, too. Yeah. I mean, this was some crazy, crazy stuff. So, yeah, I mean, that was definitely one of the big mysteries is, you know, who who was Evelyn? You know, so it, it turns out that she is just a regular person. She is the daughter-wife, whatever you want to call her, of Edgar ever and ever. Oh, and by the way, uh, she also needs, like... A kidney transplant. Cause like her, thousands of kidney transplants, apparently. Yeah, so it, it, apparently Edgar Ever and Ever, uh, you know, the farm is actually like really like an organ farm. Uh, you know, they, they take these recruits, uh, these impressionable children, and, you know, they, they kind of tell them like, oh, there's... Uh, there's bad stuff inside you. No, first what he does is that he mm-hmm. hypnotizes them into feeling pain in certain parts of their body. So he says that's where all the negative energy is built up. We're going to do a surgery and remove it. But actually, well, he didn't say surgery. He's like, we're going to treat you. We're going to treat you. Yeah. But then like when you see it, it's like they're cut like halfway open. So it's just like it's like when Fangs was there and he's like, yeah, I got treated. And he pulls his shirt up and half of his body is cut. And you're like, they took literally his small intestines. That's what it looked like. Yeah, I mean, they probably just took his kidney. But, um, yeah, it's, it's you know, the first half of the season, you're thinking all this mysticism and, you know, did Hiram Lodge make a deal with the devil? I thought he did. When that Gargoyle King shows up in his office, I thought, like, Hiram, like, I thought, like, oh, no way Hiram Lodge is getting out of this one. He made a deal with Satan. Mm. And it really looks that way. But we, it, it turns out, I mean, the fact that, for the most part, it wasn't like black magic or or witchcraft or anything like that. That is just good old Riverdale insanity. Oh boy. 
Well, I mean, just just the whole thing, just with with G and G and who's yeah. running the town. Um, I mean, were you okay with that? That it's like they kind of dropped, not so much drop, but they kind of revealed that nah, there's really nothing mystical going on here. It's just your typical Riverdale craziness. I'm fine with that because, like, I don't want it to start being like, oh, we need to make this too much like Sabrina, you know? And then it starts becoming into like Sabrina, like like a diet version of Sabrina or something. So I'm good. They're keeping that straight up like weird crime like angle like with the mafia and Hiram Lodge is just like I'll use I'll like buy a town I could do that well, I mean not even so much buy a town I mean at one point doesn't he bribe the governor to to <laughs> quarantine yeah yeah pretty much like quarantine like Riverdale like again in this day and age because the thing about Riverdale is it obviously takes place today because, you know, cell phones, cell phones and Internet and all that. But it still sort of has like that 50s mentality and mystique a bit. Yeah. Um, you know, with Veronica opening a speakeasy. I mean, how many of your friends were like, hey, Let's check hang out. out at the speakeasy? Yeah. I know in high school, all my friends went to the speakeasy. I mean, if you said that to your friends, like, "Hey, I heard about this really cool speakeasy," like, would they even know what you're? Would they even know what you're talking about? They'd be, they'd be like, "Wait, so is this some kind of like '20s role play party?" And then I'll be like, "No." Um. Alrighty. So, one of the things we love to do is we definitely love to talk characters, and we usually reserve our favorite for the last. Yeah. So let me just ask you: this season, overall, who was your favorite character? Who is my favorite? Hmm. I don't know. I always like Archie. Archie's always my favorite. It's usually it's usually like Betty Cooper is usually like the easy pick. And yeah. this season I think a lot of characters stepped up, so we'll kind of save some of those towards Wait, there was one that I was really like getting behind. I forgot who it was. Which which is which is horrible to say. No, you know what I like? It was it was it was the, the swangs action I was really getting into. Like a lot of the minor characters I was liking. Like Kevin I was stepping up, Sweet Pea and Fangs were stepping up. Who was the poison? I she, don't she, I don't remember her name. She had like this silly name. Oh yeah, like none of like none of the rest of them do. No, but yeah, she had like the silliest name. Oh, and Pop with a shotgun. I think Pop with a shotgun is, is my favorite character. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, definitely a lot of the side characters and background characters really, really stepped up. Um, like you mentioned Sweepy. Right off the bat, Sweepy apparently had a summer fling with Josie. Yeah. Because why not? Uh, I mean, yeah. and then from there, it was like you were you were really – and this is really funny because Diane's not the type to like, you know, talk talk ship. Like you don't really no, talk I don't, ships No, I don't lot. do ships. I would it's, only do Kurosami, Super Corp, and the one we're about to talk about. Right, and it's just, it just seems like with Riverdale, it just, like, it really brings it out in you a bit. So, you know, I mean, Riverdale is kind of famous for their ships and giving them names. And Bughead! Bughead, Varchi, Veggie. Oh, that's Reggie. How could I forget my boy? That's who my favorite was, Reggie. It's been a while since this series, this season ended, so I'm a little rusty, but Reggie is definitely my favorite. Oh, okay, yeah. Anyway. Oh, no, we'll definitely talk about it. But, I mean, you know, it's – all right. Let's – all right. If So if we break it down and we, we're not going to talk – I'm not going to mention the one that we're about to talk about, but yeah. sort of the established ones. I mean, Bughead is pretty much established, which is, of course... They win all the Teen Choice Awards every year. Absolutely. I mean, the teen girls love it. You know, Betty and Jughead, even though he's a weirdo. Um, <laughs> See me without this hat, Betty? I'm a weirdo. 
<laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, you know, and then of course they're on again, off again, and Varchi, Varchi, which is of course Veronica and Archie. For a while, we had Veggie, Veronica, and oh, Reggie, the um, real life pair. Yeah, yeah, because yes, the actor and actress do date in real life. Of course, uh, super couple, one of my favorites, Choni. Choni. Yeah, Cheryl and Tony. Uh, you know, but there was one that was never, never mentioned, and Diana was shipping it hard because she firmly believed in it. So you have to explain what is Swangs and why should it be legit? Swangs is like super corp levels of, of maybe, you, you know what I mean. Swangs is sweet pea and fangs. Now, of course, they're already established as best friends, but sometimes the things they'll do for each other, the distances they'll go to help each other out, and sometimes just the chemistry they have when they're sharing a scene together, and you're just like, there's no way there's not a thing going on between these two guys. And it's just the whole, the first half of the season, you're like, the swangs is building up. But then they pull, they pull Alina James and say, nope. Fangs is with Kevin, and I'm like, I'm happy for Kevin, but I'd rather have Swangs. But then I kind of saw that, like, you know what? We kind of get that energy of, I still love you, bro, even though you're gay. You're, like, my best friend, bro. So I'm just like, you know what? Bro in solidarity of his gay best friend is still some pretty good stuff, too. But, you know, you can't have them all. Yeah, I mean, I don't think it has to be romantic to be be a ship at all. I mean, a really solid, solid friendship. Like they have, because at one point, Fangs gets excommunicated from the serpents. Yeah. Uh, Sweepy fights hard to get him back. Yeah, that's when I was just like, oh, this is this is a thing. Yeah, and then you know, Jughead will let him back, but he needs to go undercover. He has to go undercover with the gargoyles, and when he gets in trouble, who's leading the charge to save him? Sweepy. It is Sweepy in there to save uh, to save Fangs. But no, I, I'm. I am happy for Kevin because I felt for a few seasons it was they sort of like them bad. They, they were, were doing like them dirty. They were, you know, it was sort of like, well, you know, really before like Cheryl and Tony and, and some other characters stepped up, he was like the he to- was the token gay kid. He was a token gay kid, and they gave him, uh, you know, coming out Joaquin. to his yeah, that was nice. Coming out to his dad was really really good. His his relationship with Moose. Was really good, but it's like they pulled that away from it's him. Like, it's like they, he had Moose for like a second, and then nope, that's it. He's gone. Yeah, because this was the season where Moose's dad literally tried to kill Moose for being gay. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. He almost he he poses the gargoyle king. I think. yeah, he poses a gargoyle king to try to kill Moose. Well, well, to like literally come steps away from killing Moose to scare him out of being gay. Gonna scare the gay out of you, boy. That's literally what. I'm, but well. I mean, but what we find out, though, is, is you know, uh, Moose's dad, who ran the RROTC, which is the R- Riverdale ROTC. They just couldn't say that. They had to call it the RROTC. Uh, we find out that back in the day, uh, he and Kevin's dad were members of the ROTC. Uh, and we find out that, you know, much like Moose and Kevin... Oh, I forgot that the dad was gay. That's right. You know, Moose's dad had had a crush on Kevin's dad, on Sheriff Keller. And Sheriff Keller, you know, he he handled it. You know, he was just sort of like... I'm sorry, good buddy. Right. You know, I, I'm still your friend. I'm still your pal. I'm. This is just not me, and I'm sorry. So, y- you know, Moose's dad was, was repressed. He was like a self-hating... He was a self-hating homosexual, essentially. And... 
seeing his son possibly and not possibly. I mean, Moose was Moose was definitely bisexual. Yeah. But I, I think he had some strong leanings towards. Yeah, he definitely he got over Midge very quickly, let's just say. Yeah, I think Midge was a beard, but we'll call him bisexual. I mean, but he sees that his son might be gay and it's just like, I'm, I'm going to scare the gay out of him by nearly killing him. Um, it's like cool motive, still murder, you know? <laughs> yeah. And, you know, again, this is this is just why we love this show. Uh, one of my favorite episodes, just because it was um, it was a nice reference to the Breakfast Club, was the Midnight Club, where we learned that the parents back in the eighties were all friends. They were all friends, and they all played G and G. And this is where we get the idea that it perhaps originated with them. Uh, I love this episode because. You know, yeah, on the surface, it's Jughead's playing FP and, and Archie is, is, you know, KJ He did a good, Alpha. he did a good, he did a good Fred Andrews. They all did. I mean, I really think they all capture the essence of their parents very, very well. Um, that was one of my favorite episodes. Did you have like a, a favorite episode or, or favorite sort My of... favorite line is just... We're a couple of straight dudes doing the musical together. That was the best line this entire season. And of course, said by Reggie. Reggie and Archie are doing the musical and they're like, and then like, who was directing, directing it? Kevin? Kevin was directing Kevin was just well, like. Well, Kevin and Evelyn. Yeah. Kevin was just like, you guys ready? And then Reggie just goes, we're just a couple of two straight dudes doing the musical together. And I'm just like, that is quintessential Reggie right there. They got it perfect. Every, like, the platonic form of Reggie would be uttering that line. Reggie, you know, who, you know, first season played by a different actor, massive dude, bro. Second season, they switch it, they switch the actor up. Uh, I think it's hard to say for the better because I. Because that guy didn't, the, the, the original Reggie didn't have a chance to do what this Reggie's doing. Exactly. He was just classic, like, dude, bro, Reggie. But this Reggie is like, he's, ha- like, he's actually becoming best friends with Archie and he's smoothing on over to Veronica and he's just, and he just has a bigger role in general. Now, if you, if you ever read Archie comics as a kid, you know that Archie and Reggie have... They're like frenemies pretty but much. But Archie is more friends with Reggie than Reggie is with Archie. Correct. And it's like Reggie is always... In the comics, Reggie's always looking to screw over Archie. Uh, here in this one, you know, Archie's away... Um, in jail? He's pretty much away in jail. And, you know, he kind of says goodbye to Veronica. Um, you know, so... Veronica and Reggie start hooking up. And the thing is, is if it was comic book Reggie, comic book Reggie would laugh in Archie's face. He would. But it's just, I mean, for a side character who we haven't seen too much of, I think Reggie really developed the most this season. Reggie did. Like, definitely. It's just like, definitely. I loved. Like, I always loved seeing Reggie. And when they switched it, I was a little concerned. But then I was like, all right, he's doing he's doing well. But this this season just took Reggie from good to great for me. And now, like, honestly, I'm just like, he, he's he's I think he, like, he's my favorite this season. Yeah, he, he's definitely a strong favorite because, because he, is, he is literally doing it's like what, like at first when Archie's in jail, he's just like, don't worry, good buddy. I'll take care of all your friends. And he's doing that. Like he's not smoothing in on Veronica. He's being nice to Jughead. He's taking care of the football team and it's just all good. But then actually, but then when Archie leaves and actually breaks up with Veronica, Reggie's just like, hey, 
he's gone and I'm here. Like, it's like he had the feelings to be sure, but he never acted on them. He acted out of his friendship with Archie, and that was just, like, quality Reggie. Yeah, and I mean, that, I think, was one of my favorite kind of little story arcs there is when um, Archie escapes. Uh, of course, I mean, of course, because this is Riverdale. Uh, Hiram Lodge chases him out of town. Yeah, essentially. But it's like, you know, the, the escape is orchestrated by Reggie, Veronica, Josie. Uh, you know, they, they pretty much. Betty. Betty. Betty picks the lock. And Betty. Kevin. And Kevin, yeah, yeah, of course, yeah, Betty, Betty, and her ever ready bobby pin—that's just great. Um, you know, they they do that, and Archie hides out um, in in Dilton's weird sex bunker, pretty much. Um, and that's where I saw this post. Literally, it's just like Archie's there, and then Kevin's like, "You got to eat something, Archie," and he's like, "No." I can't just let me sleep. And then Veronica comes over and he's just like, boom, we're doing it, Ronnie. So the post was just like, Archie, too sick to eat, but not too sick to have sex. <laughs> That's pretty much Archie. Yeah. Um, I mean, that was that was a great one because he was pretty much on the run and he discovers that um, he discovers the bodies actually where they were stashed. Well, OK, so. So, you know, he was framed for the murder of a, of a, of a hooligan yeah. who was basically hired by Hiram Lodge to try to intimidate him. Um, you know, the, this hooligan had some buddies that testified that it was Archie and then they were hiding out. So Archie knew that Hiram was going to silence them because with with him escaping and Veronica working hard to prove his innocence, he knew they would be targeted. And. I think this is why, like, Archie went from the dopey guy that just takes off his shirt in front of any girl. I mean, he's on the run, he's wounded, and he's still, he and Kevin, he talks Kevin into to going and finding these to guys. To save them. To save them. Not even to be, like, he, he doesn't cross his mind to be, like, when I get them, they're going to retract their statements. He's just, like, I need to save their lives. Yeah, you know, I mean, these were the guys that essentially their testimony, their 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 lies, essentially put him in jail. And his thought is, you know, they're they're victims of Hiram, and I I can't. And of course, he's he's too late; he can't save them. So so like those scenes with Archie on the run, where he calls Veronica and says goodbye, and he leaves with his best buddy Jughead, right? And then I mean, but the whole thing too with trying to save like the guys that framed him and. Um, even even eventually when he meets up with his dad, I mean that that was that was some great stuff. I mean, it was, yeah. I mean, yeah, this show was really corny, and but I was telling this to my co-host Kate. I said, I said that like for how silly Riverdale is, the actors in it are really strong. Like, sure, the lines they say aren't the best, but but like the ones who have the cringiest lines, like um, Cheryl and Veronica. They give it their all. And when they actually have, like, something to work with, they're very good with it. And I think K.J. Appa, in these times when he's on the run, really show that, like, he's not just some teen heartthrob, like, CW star. Is that, no, he could actually act. Yeah, I mean, because, you know, he, he he's on the run. And before he leaves town, uh, you know... It even This is even after Veronica cleared his name. Veronica, she found the missing... Um, the missing like, confession. Like, yeah, the missing like because like the sheriff like he he coerced them, but then he got rid of the tape. But then Veronica found the tape, so then yeah. And and finally this time, kudos to Veronica. 
for actually not telling her dad until she actually submitted the evidence and it was in there and there was nothing you could do about it. You know, not daddy kins. I have this awesome plan uh, that I'm going to do in three days. So you'll have plenty of time to foil it for me. She actually, you know, she actually did it right this time. So she clears Archie's name, but Archie, you know, Archie remains on the run because he says, you know what? My name is cleared. Yeah, I can come back. But your dad wants me dead. And if I come back to Riverdale, it's he's, he's not kill me. But he's not even so much worried about that. He's like, he's going to hurt everybody that I love. That's true. You know, and that's his thing is he's he's I mean, I'm sure he's thinking of his safety, obviously. But he's thinking of Veronica's safety, Betty's safety, his, his dad's, dad's safety. safety. Yeah. I mean, even possibly even his mother's safety, you know, even though she's in Chicago, she's not out of Hiram's reach. Um I mean, that scene where he's on a payphone, which is, I was like... That was crazy. I was like, damn, Archie. Yeah, I mean, that was one of my favorite scenes. Um, I think... Um, i trying to think of, like, some other really good... Because, I mean, really, like you the said... The height of his arc was when he was in jail or, like, on the run. Like, once he came back and opened, like, the halfway house for all the... All the troubled youth. Then it started to die down. Like, he went back to being Archie. Like, CW's Archie. But really, like, for that first, like, I would say, like, three-fifths of the season, it was, he was strong. He was definitely, he was, he was very, very strong. Uh, wow, who else? Who else is, like, Want to do Jughead? Because we have to do Jughead for you, the kids. Oh yeah, the kids. The kids for the kids. The kids love the Jughead. Um, I I taught a kid. I said this loads of times. I student taught a class in my senior year of high school. All the girls, all the girls loved Jughead, and it was literally like they would talk to me like, "Did you see Riverdale and what Jughead did?" And I'd be like, "Yes, I know what Jughead did." And then like the teacher would be like, "Who's this Jughead?" I'm like, "He's just some teen heartthrob." Which is like, okay, come on. I mean, Archie Comics have been around since the 50s, and Jughead, I No, but, mean, like, I mean, like, she was just, like, I think she was asking, like, is that that Jughead? Like, I think that's why she was asking, like, it's like, is Jughead a rapper? What's going on? And then, like... Um, Jughead, Jughead, Jughead. Jughead becomes a wizard, and that's the height of his arc. <laughs> Well, he he also like even though his dad becomes a new sheriff, uh, Jughead pretty much <laughs> becomes the new sheriff. Yeah, like literally every time something happens, Skeet Ulrich is just like, "Jug, you gotta come out here." I'm just like, "What?" Oh no, no, no. it's always boy. Yeah, boy, <laughs> boy. <laughs> <laughs> Listen to me, boy. I mean, he's taking he's taking crime scene photos. He's putting evidence together. You know, he's pretty much teaching his dad how to write arrest warrants. It's like. I think there was a scene where actually Jughead was in school. And, and he called him out. He calls he him. He calls him out of he school. He calls him yeah. out of school. He's like, we got more evidence, boy. <laughs> <laughs> I need you on the case. I mean, they, they deputize the serpents. Um, That's legal. <laughs> yeah, I mean, let's just I, – I think one of the best ones is, is – is so FP Jones becomes uh, through blackmail and coercion, of course, becomes the the new sheriff of uh, Riverdale. Yeah, and he decides to you know um, Jughead, who of course leads the serpents, is like I'm going to give the serpents a purpose. I'm going to give them a vision. Uh, we helped Archie out, uh, you know, gather some clues and whatnot. So uh, I think you should deputize us. So they deputize the serpents. And I love it when they, they show that, uh, you know, he's like, well, I'm going to give you guys some training. And I have the best trainer here, former Sheriff Keller. 
And I think it's Sweepy who says, do we get guns? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and Sheriff Keller just looks at him and he's like, no. <laughs> um, I mean, yeah, I mean, the Serpents are now like, they were the Riverdale police force. Um, oh, my God, yeah. It was, it was, I mean, this was a crazy season. I mean, so much happened in this season. Um you know, Sweepy got kicked. I'm sorry. Fangs got kicked out of the Serpents, but they brought him back. Cheryl and Tony got kicked out. Dang. You, rem- you're, yeah. so you forget that no, that no, stuff no, happened. I did. Yeah. No, I did. But then it – no, no. I mean like I remembered it, but then I was just thinking like, dang, like how raw that was where Tony was just like, I am not leaving. She's like, I'm a legacy. Like her her grandfather, I think. Was like in the tribe that ex- that inspired the serpents. Pretty much. He was almost like an original serpent. And the whole thing of it was, was, you know, Fangs, we found out, Fangs was pretty much, was selling out the serpents. He was giving information to the gargoyles and whatnot. And, you know, Jughead. Because he needed money. He wasn't just an asshole. He needed money for his sick grandma. That's right. Yeah. Because, you know... There's always got to be that, you know, this is Riverdale. You know, people do some heinous stuff, but there's usually some good behind it. So, yeah, Fangs, you know, needed medicine for her sick grandma. So he was um, he was helping the gargoyles out. I think he was even selling Jingle Jangle. He was he was basically he was he was double crossing them. And, you know, that means excommunication. They're out. Uh, then. You know, Sweepy pretty much is like, look, you know, the gang's falling apart. You got to bring them back. And they bring them back. Now, with Tony and Cheryl. What got them kicked out? Well, if you remember in the beginning of the season with sort of like with this quarantine. Uh, no, it wasn't the beginning of the season. I'm sorry. It was probably the beginning of the second half of the season. With the quarantine and everything. And it was almost they like were martial law. They were they stealing. Were, they were cat burglars. They, That's right. Literally cat burglars. They dressed up as cats. And burgled people. And then had sex. Yeah. <laughs> um, and they steal... They stole Hermione's, a Fabergé egg. It, was, it wasn't It was Fabergé. It was like, you stole a Dabergé egg. Yeah, pretty much, because this is Riverdale. And it was it was from Hiram, or it was Hermione? It was Hermione's, but Hiram cared immensely. So, because like that's when their marriage was falling apart. So, for like a, since it was a mob marriage, he still needed to act like they were together. That's right, because otherwise they lose power. Uh, so he, he approaches Jughead. He's like, you know, get me the egg back. I know you guys have it. Uh, he confronts Cheryl and Tony. He makes them give it back. You know, <coughs> they give it back, and then he kicks them out of the gang. And then Tony is like, you kicked Fangs out, and you let him back. Like, this doesn't fly with me. So Tony is pissed. And they start their own gang. Because Cheryl loves her that much. Cheryl started a gang. This is some, this is some Lena Luther buying Cat Co for Cara Danvers type stuff going on right here. Okay, so, so, which is better, Super Corp or Choney? Super Corp. Okay. Super Corp all day. <laughs> the way they look, like, uh, the way they look into each other's eyes, it's just like, oh my god. Uh, but yeah, so she she pretty much starts a gang for Tony to run the Pretty Poisons, and but then Cheryl like she she doesn't like seeding over control, so she's kind of like manhandling control away from Tony at times. Yeah, and, and that's it, what gets them all frustrated. And then they literally have a five minute sex scene <laughs> to make up for it. 
and I felt uncomfortable. I was watching this alone, like nobody else was in the room, like so it's not like anybody else could see, but I was watching it and I said like I said like I feel uncomfortable. <laughs> um yeah. not 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 that it not okay. that it was like, you know, but then it's just the way they did it, I was just like, could you show all of this on a CW show? Like, you know? I guess apparently they can because it's they, they showed on. it, yeah. They showed it and the show's still on. Uh yeah, I mean their relationship went through some up and down ups and downs. Uh then, you know, I mean, because there's so much that goes on and a lot of the stuff intertwines. So the farm, the farm, which we saw at the beginning or heard of in the beginning and we're hearing it all throughout. And Evelyn is from the farm and we hear about this mysterious Edgar. And, uh, you know, finally, you know, the farm kind of comes into the light. And it was during the musical episode. uh, They did Heather's the musical uh, because Cheryl felt scorned and she was like, we're doing Heather's the musical. And uh, yeah, pretty much what happens is is that's where Edgar kind of makes his debut and we see that a lot of citizens of Riverdale are, are members. standing with them. Yeah, they're members of the farm. Principal Weatherby. He is, that's right. Alice. Um, so, well. Well, <laughs> we'll get to that. So they all join the farm. And, you know. Even the kids. Kevin gets swept up in it. Fangs gets swept up in it. Um, who else? There's one more. Well, that's the thing is Betty becomes very concerned about the farm. Polly is oh, there. Oh, so she sends Cheryl in. She sends Cheryl in, and Cheryl drinks the Kool-Aid, literally. Uh, you know, she is she is buying into the farm. Because they let her see Jason. They let her talk to Jason. I mean, you know, and everybody is like, this can't be. Jason is dead. Uh, they even, the Jughead even digs up his grave. Well, before that, what they did was Betty had the footage of, um, Jason being murdered by his father. Yeah. So she goes to Tony and says, hey, I know because of a traumatic event in your girlfriend's life, she's buying into this. So to get her out of this, we're going to show her an even more traumatic video of that same traumatic event to try to snap her out of it. I'm just like, Betty, what what were you thinking? Well, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about Betty in a minute because there's a lot of interesting stuff with her. Uh, it totally backfires. Cheryl, Cheryl goes deep into the farm she goes deeper into the farm she's not angry at, at tony at all so then tony decides to join the farm but we we we, we find out that it's another i was gonna say undercover brother <laughs> but uh you know it's it's you know she's in there undercover to try to, to help get cheryl out um i mean yeah the farm the farm was the farm was insane the farm was absolutely nuts and with they all get raptured yeah, pretty much. I mean, it's a cult. Uh, it's it's a, one of those self-help cults, not like a Cthulhu cult. Yeah, it's like a self-help cult where, you know, Edgar is is this glorified, you know, leader. Yeah. Uh, played by, and I didn't realize it until I saw a guest starring, and then I was like, wait, who's he? And then I saw Edgar, and I was like, oh, Chad Michael Murray. Oh, my God. I was like. Freaky Friday's own. That's right. Uh, the the uh, the Hillary Duff uh, Cinderella remake. That was him. That was him. Oh, he was wow. he was the one that she was crushing on. Um, yeah, yeah. He's Edgar Ever and Ever. Uh, it's an organ farm. It's uh, <laughs> it's some kind of weird 
sex cult for him, apparently. Yeah, he's like he's pervin everybody. on all the ladies. Um, but, you know, we, we, we find out, um, you know, or not so much that we find out. It's, it's, uh, they rescue. I mean, there's a lot of, there's a lot of attempted rescues. You know, yeah. Betty tries to go in there. Um, she tries to, she tries to convince Alice and Polly to leave. But they're uh, just adamant on staying. Right, and she's of course she's worried about the twins. So she does something she never thought she would do. She goes to her auntie, who is Cheryl's mom, who is running this weird BDSM like club, the Maple Club. The Maple Club, yeah. The Maple Club, because remember they used to do maple syrup. Yeah, they're uh, going to become the maple syrup like emperors. Yeah, That's what Hiram promised them. Whatever happened to that Legion of Doom? Oh, how the mighty fall. Well, I mean, a lot of them get dismantled in this in this season. That's true. Livewire. Yeah. Livewire. Did did Jughead's mom kill Livewire? I think it was kind of implied there when they had that little battle. With the size? With the size. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Jughead's mom. Can we talk about Jughead's mom after this? Absolutely. We'll talk about Jughead's mom. Um, so anyway, you know, she cuts a deal and she gets one of the twins out. Um, you know, and, and, and really what they realize is a lot of crazy stuff is going on there. Uh, Nana Blossom, actually, she kind of like rallies, she rallies the troops pretty much. Um, I'll try it at the end. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Tony, Tony was drugged. Nana Blossom wakes her up and is like, you know, Cheryl's like, Cheryl's, Cheryl's mom is crazy. Yeah. And you know, you got to go get them and yeah, I mean it's it's we we get another daring escape from the farm, um, but some interesting stuff that goes on there is you know Betty Betty is basically she's trying to get her mom and she's trying to get Polly out, so she kind of agrees to to sort Join. of she kind of joins and she kind of wants to be analyzed and they tell her oh by the way we took some like hair samples and stuff we basically ran a dna check on you oh Oh, and you have the serial killer gene you have the serial killer gene betty (laughs) uh betty is working with her dad well she yeah she was working with her dad to be fair she was working with her dad who i mean the fact that they put him, they they pretty much made him Hannibal Lecter. <laughs> they put him in the Hannibal Lecter cell. Yeah, with with even with the even know, with the promise of being able to see the river, right? And and the whole, you know, it was almost. I was waiting for him, you know, when he says like, "I did a favor for you, Betty. Do a favor for me." I was waiting for him to say quid pro quo, quid pro quo, like Hannibal Lecter did. Oh my God, there was so much happening in this season. Uh, you wanted to talk Jughead's mom, so. Jughead's mom, played by uh, Gina Gershon, uh, we see her uh, when Archie and Jughead are on the run. They head out to Cleveland. They hook up with her and Jelly Bean. Uh, we see her for one or two episodes. Then she comes back. She comes back to Riverdale to steal the what, what's it called? Fra- Frizzle Rock. The Fizzle Rock trade away from Hiram. Pretty much. Um, Veronica had really wanted to distance themselves from drugs. So she burned down the drug lab, but then the mom was just like, I sold the drug lab to a powerful person. And then it shows up. It turns out to be the mom. And the mom's like, hey, just give me money and Reggie's car. 
Yeah. <laughs> Much to Reggie's chagrin, he Reggie was that car. Reggie was not happy about that. Uh, but yeah, Jughead's mom comes in. Uh, not only does she try to take over the drug trade. She tries to like. Well, Alice, you know, because she's joining the farm, she sells the house. And who buys the Cooper's house? Oh, yep. The mom. <laughs> the Joneses. The Joneses are going to live next door to Archie. This this was like, this was, oh my God, this season was nuts. Um, and she has a side battle with Livewire and kills Livewire. Pretty much. Who was, who was Penny? You know, for those who uh, aren't sure who we're talking about. Yeah, she she pretty much has a fight with Penny because um, they, they... They need to get Jelly Bean back. And then Kurtz was just like, you must play a game. And then, like, and then F.P. Jones gets shot with Pop's shotgun. That's where shotgun Pop comes in. Because the first one is like, you got to rob Pop. And then they run in with their bandit mask on and like with like the guns aren't loaded, but then Pop sees them and from underneath he pulls out a shotgun and this is just one swift moment of pull out shotgun, cock shotgun and shoot shotgun. It's like Pop Pops has done some stuff with that shotgun back there, in the day. There's gotta be an episode, a backstory on Pops and and the whole thing because he's not an innocent little Because like, he knows things. He knows things because constantly, you know, especially when the speakeasy. Well, first of all, there's a speakeasy In underneath pops. there. Yeah, that's where the fabled speakeasy is. Uh, you know, he's he's constantly telling Veronica, you know. Like giving her advice on how to run it. And, oh, by the way, you know, nobody knows about this, but there's a secret deed. And, oh, by the way, there's it's a secret this and there's a secret that. So, so Pops is not so innocent. Um Jughead's mom, not so innocent. Uh, you know, oh, especially if you see Blockers, she is not innocent. Yeah, Gina Gershon. We saw Blockers the other night. Gina Gershon's in it. Oh my god, it's just John Cena will never be the same again. Oh god, John Cena's like I cannot pour enough bleach on my eyes. I will never be clean again. Um, watch Blockers. Uh, oh wow. I mean, we've we've been talking a lot. Uh, um, so pretty much what happens in the end is, you know, everything again, we're thinking, okay, this stuff is going to have to spill over into the next season. Uh, the black hood has escaped. Uh, you know, the gargoyle King has added some numbers to his kill list. Right. And what happened to Ethel? Did she die or no? No, I don't think Ethel died. Uh, you know, Ethel Ethel is still very traumatized by everything that happened, yeah. but you know, she's okay. So finally what what we get is is, you know, they're all the children of the Midnight Club are well pretty much just the four of them. Yeah, which is really just the four of them get an invitation to play a final game. And it turns out that the person who was orchestrating all this stuff all along and the one who orchestrated the Midnight Club who tried to actually kill them all and accidentally killed the principal Yep, was Cheryl's mom. Because Riverdale is a disgusting place. And nobody cared when her kid died. So she said – because like basically the first time she was just like, I got sold as like some kind of weird sister wife to the Blossoms and none of my friends helped me. But now after I lose my son, those same friends don't like help me mourn. Now I'm going to kill their kids. So we find out that she's the one she killed uh Dilton's dad. She orchestrated she orchestrated a lot of stuff behind the scenes. So she has one final showdown. They have to make it through the night, uh play this final game and 
each one of them have has a challenge they have to do. So earlier in the season, when Archie was on the run, he he escaped to Canada. Even got though, mauled by a bear, and he got mauled by a bear, and he survived. That was a good episode. That was a great episode because as he's you know surviving or or or, or kind of combating the like wounds, the infection, yeah, and everything, you know, he kind of goes on an existential journey. You know, he's eventually saved. He comes back, but then he realizes he's not the same Archie. Who woke up all those years ready to go to the dance. Yeah, he, he's not the same. It, it really changed him forever. But he, he has to have another fight with a bear, which was this giant brute dressed as a bear. Uh, Archie and, beats him up. Archie beats him up because Arch, that's Archie's superpower. He could fight. Uh, next Veronica. was... Veronica. Ah, Veronica. Because Veronica's character was like a sorceress I, I forget so basically what it is is her and betty basically have to play a game of russian roulette with poison with poison essentially uh because you know with, with griffins and gargoyles there's this whole thing with the kool-aid and then one is poisoned one isn't and somehow you ascend and what they were testing there was you know it eventually came down to the last cup which and it was be- betty's turn and it was betty's turn and veronica- so that one had to have been poisoned right so veronica Swiped it away from her and drank it, uh, you know, and and Mrs. Blossom comes out and is like, you passed the challenge because but you're both poisoned. You're both essentially minimally poisoned and you have the rest of the night uh, to find me and get the antidote. Ha 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 ha. Um, then Jughead, Jughead has to fight Chick because there can only be one king. That's right. So we find out that all along underneath, underneath the black. Oh, wait, I'm sorry. Before that. Betty had to confront the Black Hood. No. Oh, that was Chick after. was first. Chick was first. Okay. So if you remember last season, Betty pretty much handed Chick over to the Black Hood. Uh, or he pretended to be Chick. He's not actually Chick. Right. Like who we thought was Chick. So um, she hands him over to the Black Hood. And we come to learn that. Uh, he the, survived. He survived because the Black Hood saw a kindred spirit in him. Uh, hooked him up with um, I always Mama forget Cheryl's mom. Cheryl, just Blossoms. I forget her name. Mama Penelope, Blossom. Penelope Blossom. That's it, Penelope. Hooks him up with Penelope because when he left Alice, he was sleeping with Penelope, uh, and they pretty much concocted this whole plan. So he was po- uh, dressed as the Gargoyle King the entire time, uh, and he fights Jughead. And Jughead soundly defeats him because you know Jughead is just so cool. He's just that good. He's so he's and he didn't lose his hat. Yeah, that's true. And then, so then in the end is, yes, Betty had to confront her father, the Black Hood, and it was kill or be killed. And Betty refused to kill him. And Penelope steps up and, and kill, just shoots him right in the head, just shoots him right in the head. And, you know, they're sort of like, OK, we played your weird game. Give us the antidote. And she's like, nope, going to kill you all. Gargoyles, kill him. Well, this is when the pretty poisons and the serpents come to the rescue. We get a good gang fight. Arrows are flying. They snatch the antidote. Uh, Betty and Veronica drink it. And, you know, Penelope escapes. Uh, Black Hood is dead. Uh, Chick, I guess he escapes as well. Or who we think is Chick. He yeah. escapes as well. But, um, oh, well. And then the rapture happens. Yeah, they go to the farm to, to try to save everybody, and Kevin is there. He's like, I had to stay behind to tell everybody. They left without me. So everybody— Wait, the- did Cheryl escape? Cheryl had Rapture? escaped. Yes, yeah, Cheryl, okay. yeah, Cheryl had escaped. Um, so 
Betty is like, you know, my mom, my mom is gone. Polly is gone. You know, the other twin is gone. And then and the FBI shows up. The FBI shows up. Yeah. And then he goes, I hear you two are some serious detectives. I'm like, wow, the FBI is relying on two 16-year-old kids to do detective work for them. That's right. And then he basically reveals the fact that Alice was, was an undercover agent. She was undercover. She was undercover for the FBI. And uh, and this is the thing. So all throughout the season, uh, you know, Betty would say, like, why, why do you stay at the farm? Why do you stay at the farm? And like Cheryl had said, you know, they let me see, see Jason. Jason. She said they let me see Chick. They let me see Chick. They let me see my son. She's like, Mom, we know that that guy we thought it wasn't him. He actually killed Chick. You know, Chick. and she's like, nope, nope. I see him. I see him. Well, this FBI agent is Chick. He is Charles, a.k.a. Chick. Betty, I'm your brother. And Jughead goes, wait a minute. He goes, that means we're brothers too. He goes, yes, Jughead, we're brothers. Because they share a father. That's right, because FP, FP was the dad. So, you know, one big happy family. So now Betty and Jughead are going to work for the FBI, work for their half-brother. But Jughead will be killed by spring break senior year. Ah, uh, you jumped right to it. <laughs> so, you know, the season pretty much ends. They're all sitting at Pops. Pops is oiling a shotgun in the back, probably. <laughs> yeah. And uh, they're sharing a malted, and they're just like, guys. Archie's like, guys. Let's just be super cool, best buddies. For- it's our senior year, which was weird. Okay. The so, first season was half a year. Well, it's not so much that. What was weird about it was, is when Archie came back from his bear attack and all that, it was like, SAT time, your one and only time to take the SAT. Oh, yeah, so is Archie just screwed now? <laughs> yeah, but it's like he's got his whole senior year now, you know. Anyway, guys, let's just have a nice, normal senior year. We'll be best buds, this or that. Flash forward. <laughs> it's spring break, and they're all naked, and they're like, we have to burn everything, even Jughead's hat. And then they stand there and watch everything burn, and then it cuts back, and everything's A-OK for now. Yeah, but in that flash forward, it's like they're in front of a bonfire. They're all in their underwear, covered in blood. Yep. Jughead is not there, and they have to burn his hat. What happened? I mean, people are saying, did they just predict the death of Jughead? We thought Jughead was dead so many times on this show. Yeah. I don't think Jughead is dead. I don't know. Maybe they're doing Jughead the Hunger, where he turns into a werewolf. Maybe Jughead's burying the bodies. Oh, yeah, maybe. <laughs> Who knows? Who knows what's going to happen? Um, so is this your favorite season? Yeah. I like this season. I think they just keep getting better and better. No, I mean, a lot of people, you know... I look online. I look on YouTube. People hate Riverdale. People hate Riverdale. Well, there's that one guy that I said I watch. He hates. He every- hates everything. He yeah. hates everything. You know who I'm talking about. Um, you watch Black Nerd more than me. What is Black Nerd's take on all? He this? just. I, I'm pretty sure he still watches it, but he doesn't make the videos anymore. Okay. He, but he loved the first season, so I wouldn't be surprised if he still loves it. Why do you love Riverdale so much? Because it's so over the top, and it's such. It's such a good, like, because, like, people don't know this, but some of the guys who write Riverdale also write Sabrina. So these guys writing Riverdale are not hacks. Like, they know what they're doing. So, I like, when, when I first started watching it, I never thought, oh, this is, like, some, like, horrible teen drama. I said, this is a parody of teen drama with who else to do it but Archie. So then I said, like, this is one big joke and it's hilarious. But nobody else seems to be getting the joke. 
Yeah, and, and I agree. It's it's so over the top that it's good. It's 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 like it's self aware, but like you said, I think what really I think what really really makes it good is if you didn't have this cast. Uh, you know, Lily Reinhardt is Betty. Uh, KJ Appa is Archie. KJ Appa, even Cole Sprouse. Cole Sprouse. I mean, you know what? You got to give it to Cole Sprouse. Uh, Camila Mendez. Uh, you know, even even uh, you know, even some of the adults. I mean, we we talked about Luke Perry. I mean, Luke Perry is a phenomenal, or he he is he is a phenomenal Fred Jones. Um, I'm sorry, Fred Andrews. Uh, I love Skeeter Ehrlich as FP Jones. Um, the big three. I mean, now the big two. I yeah, mean, the, the Justice League. Oh, uh, Superman, Batman, and Green Lantern. It's just Batman and Green Lantern. Oh, uh, uh, I can't believe it. Uh, I don't know how they're going to recover from that. But if they didn't have such a great cast, yeah, this show would probably be garbage. It's it's like you said. You know, they and especially especially you know Cheryl and Veronica i mean they, they get, get the worst lines they get the worst lines imagine having to unironically say daddykins 500 times a season imagine that but they pull it off with such like they pull it off well and when they actually do get like time to shine they they knock it out of the park they're good actors yeah they really do i mean yeah, you know, yeah, they're they're put in crazy situations that make no sense at all, given horrible dialogue at times. But at times, but I mean, it just shines through. It really does. I mean, Kevin coming out to his dad—that was great, great episode. Cheryl accepting herself both times of accepting herself when she saw Love Simon, which that was a crazy cross promotion right there. But it was Love, a good cross. promotion. It was a good cross promotion. <laughs> but like when she saw Love Simon and when she like found Tony in the Sisters of Quiet Mercy, those were both good. When Archie's saying his goodbye to Veronica, that's good. Like even Reggie, it's just like he's still able to act through all that stuff they give him. Yeah, and I'm- he's in a new movie and. I didn't see it because I've been watching Booksmart like 50 times a week. But like when I see the trailers, I'm like, he can act. Yeah. I mean, his whole scene where he comes to Veronica and he says like, like I've been doing everything. Well, he, well, I mean, he says that. But then after they kind of have a relationship and then Archie comes back and he's kind of like, which is it? Which is it? Like, who are we? Because he's like, you're with me. You're with him, like I'm not gonna play Hang around. around, yeah. Right. And I'm not gonna. And he's. And it's also too. It's like I'm not gonna do that to Archie. If if you and I are together, great, great. And if you and Archie are together, cool, great. But but I'm not gonna like play it in the middle with Archie here. Yeah, like he said, like don't do this to he's me had, or Archie. To me or Archie. I mean, you know, they they really do get. They really do get. Good stuff. It's like it, they're hidden gems. Yeah. They're buried in there. You, but still, it's not they're buried through something horrible. They're buried through something fun to watch. I think if you really want to watch Riverdale and re- really appreciate it, you have to understand that. This is not being taken seriously by anyone. They, but they do a good job of making it look like they're taking it seriously. But Which, they're but they but they do such a good job. People think they people buy into it. Yeah, and that's why all the videos I see saying like you know this is some of the worst dialogue. None of this makes sense. It's because you're reading into it way too much. It's I, I feel like if I watch a season of Riverdale 
And they don't get more and more ridiculous as as the season goes on. They're not doing their job. I mean, this is a season that started off with Archie and Juvie, with Veronica organizing the River Vixens to come and cheerlead at their football game. And it ends with the rapture. (laughs) Pretty much. It's like we're selling organs. Uh, You know, this cult disappears. Uh, You know... Betty's long lost brother is it's an FBI agent. Like what's going on? It's like he was there all the time. He doesn't reach out to them until now. And oh, by the way, next season, there's probably going to be like a horrific murder. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's like, it's, it's like, okay. Supergirl teases the fact that, that next season we get crisis on infinite earths, you know, and Martian Manhunter has a long lost brother, but like, but it's like this is this is why I think this is why the CW outside of like watching streaming services I think this is why the CW is just so great. It's 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 I know like one of the, the first jokes was when this show came out uh when Betty and Veronica tried out for the River Vixens they were like they were like oh kiss me yeah, yeah like kiss like you know and it's like well it's a CW two girls have to kiss. We're well beyond that by now. I mean it's it's oh my god it's the fbi is recruiting high school kids <laughs> to solve a cult. the girl who writes for the newspaper and thinks she's the world's and she is the world's greatest detective i, I batman you batman better, needs to show up and you'd be like hmm. i mean you know and jughead who's the weirdo but you know he's solving crimes and he's you know <laughs> it's like <laughs> You know, it's like if you look at it and you're trying to be like, well, that doesn't make any sense. Of course it doesn't make any sense because it's Riverdale. Have a good time with it. And when the good stuff comes, you'll enjoy, really, it. You'll enjoy it. You'll really appreciate it. I want to thank Diana for joining me. I mean, this is – well, I think when we talk Supergirl and when we talk Riverdale, we really get into it. We really have a good time. But before we sign off, Diana, of course, as always, please – Plug your podcast. We are Elseworlds Finest. Just, I always say it, it, Elseworlds is one word with an apostrophe S and finest. And um, we're everywhere you can find this podcast. My main co-host is Kate, but I do some with my other friends. Like recently, I just did one with my friend Julia. We talked about Booksmart. And um, yeah. Yeah, so definitely check that out. Uh, they're also on Instagram. Uh, also, it's also if you find us, you could find our social media. Yeah, pretty much. Just look look where this podcast is and look. For, you'll find it. You'll find them. Uh, yeah, they do. They do a really good job there. And Diana's happy because she could curse on that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We don't have that luxury here. Anyway, so I'm going to wrap it up here. I'm going to say thanks for listening. And don't forget, Stuff You Don't Need to Know is on Instagram. Uh, I post content of uh, the stuff that I talk about, uh, the stuff that we talked about today. Uh, Maybe I'll throw some polls up about uh, Riverdale. Uh, And actually, you know what? I'm probably going to throw a poll up there asking people if they watch Riverdale. And, you know, if you do, why do you love it? And if you don't, why aren't you? Why are you staying away from it? Um, I have some friends of mine. Uh, they do another podcast, and they basically they basically said like you know it's it's like okay, uh, Archie Comics is all dark now and everything. So whatever. Again, like we said, it's really good fun, and it's don't take it too seriously, and you'll really enjoy yourself. Uh, they're talented actors and actresses, 
and I definitely think you need to check this show out. So like I said, uh, you can find this podcast on Anchor, iTunes, Pocket Cast, Overcast, Google Play. Thanks to Anchor, <clears throat> wherever you access this podcast from, they give you a link to do the call-in feature so you can call in, uh, leave me a message, uh, leave me a message on Instagram, let me know what you want to talk about. Uh, I'll be coming back hopefully next week with Jason. Uh, we got to finish up our verses. Uh, Lord of the Rings versus Game of Thrones and then start a whole new series with that and just some other fun stuff coming up. This is Jay and I'll talk to you guys later.